0: was a dark and stormy night, or something like that. Today on DIY Narrator, I want to talk a little bit about something that's come up on three e-learning projects that I've done in the last week. All three of them were story-based projects, which were really awesome. I can't exactly share details about the products, but I want to talk to you about the three ways that stories were incorporated in e-learning projects that I recently have done. But first of all, let's talk a little bit about why storytelling matters. The author of The Jungle Book, Rudyard Kipling, said, if history were taught in the form of stories, it would never be forgotten. And I have to agree with him on that. If I can think back to my college experience, I took three classes from a professor who was dyslexic, had no notes, only wrote on the board once in a while, but stood in the front of the class and basically told history in the form of a story from memory for him, which was unbelievable to me. I only needed to take one class from him. I took three, and yes, I made sure to let him know how phenomenal they really were. Think about how complex a story can be, but how wrapped up you can become in it. Think of any long series, be it a television series or a book series. Three of them come to mind for me. In television, think about the TV series Lost, which I think ran for seven seasons, which became way too complex towards the end. Season five especially got weird. Maybe a seven, six seasons? I can't remember. Anyway, season five was really weird. They're jumping around. I don't want to ruin it for you. If you haven't seen it, it's really worth a watch. The second one I want to talk about is Harry Potter. We have seven movies or seven books. If you look at the books, they are long. I had a car trip one time where I had book seven on audiobook that I was listening to. The drive was 9 hours one way, then I was in town for a week listening as I drove around town and then it was 9 hours the other way. And then I got home and I had to read for another hour and a half to finish the book. But I remember that story really well. Then something I'm just getting into, don't ruin it, no spoilers, is Game of Thrones. I'm way behind on Game of Thrones. I'm halfway-ish through the second book. I almost gave up on Game of Thrones in the first book. It took me about five hours before I wrapped my head around all of the characters. Honestly, it was the characters. There are so many to keep up with. The first book was 36 hours, audiobook. The second book is about the same. I'm about halfway through, so let's call it 18 hours. I'm over 50 hours into this book. I have all the characters memorized. I know their voices when they speak, thanks to the phenomenal audiobook narrator whose name slips my mind. But that's the thing I'm trying to point out is that the stories are a great way to get complex information across to our learners. So I'm going to talk about the three ways that stories were incorporated into e-learning projects that I narrated this week. The first way I think is the most common. You as the omnipresent sort of learner is trying to understand some concepts, and at the same time you're helping a person within the module make a decision on how they're going to react based on what you just learned. It's a really interesting idea because not only are you providing the information to someone, but immediately after they see a relevant scenario and then they have to help this character through that scenario. So, not only Are they learning and applying, which is exactly like they would do in most e-learning modules. You learn something, there's a quick review, and then there's usually a test at the end. This is the same thing. But what you're doing is you also add the element of a character. So say this character's name is Anna, and you're helping Anna overcome the same obstacles that you're going to overcome in your job. So it takes the idea of the e-learning module and shifts it around. What also seems to happen, at least in my head, is that you get to sit back, watch the decision you made play out for someone else. And a lot of times, I think, when it comes to decision-making, people have a difficult time making a decision because they're afraid that they might make the wrong decision. Or if they make one decision, they feel like they might miss out on something. So there's a fear of missing out going on. And what you get to do in this scenario It's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure book, really. You get to make a decision, see what happens, and then if you're not necessarily playing by the rules in choose-your-own-adventure world, you can go back to where you made that decision and then choose the other one. There's really no missing out, unlike a test where you're right or you're wrong. A lot of people get test anxiety because they're afraid of being wrong, but if you take that away from them, they can just learn and react to what they see. Once they understand how things play out based on what they know and what decisions they've made, when it comes to the test, if there is one at the end, maybe it won't be such a big deal. So that's the first one, where you're making a decision or helping someone else make a decision. The second one actually placed you within the story itself. So you have a kind of a third-person look in the first scenario, but in this one, it's more of a first-person, where you are in the story, and the decisions you're making are your decisions. And that kind of changes the way the story interacts with your brain. So in this e-learning, you were hired, and as part of the e-learning course, you would get an email or get a message or something from your boss or from a coworker, And within those emails or those messages were decisions that you had to make based on something that you were currently learning. How would you handle this kind of situation? Then we would learn a little bit about it, and then they would make a decision, and then it would play out for them. In a way, it is very similar to the first one, but really we changed the person. So we changed from third person to first person, placing the user in the scenario and not placing the user in kind of an omnipresent helper role. The third course I narrated this week was interesting because I was not only a narrator, but I was also a participant in sort of a tour. And then as part of this tour, as we were moving through this sort of like a factory we were learning about safety within the environment that we are part of. And so we'd get to a part and it would say, hey, do we need to put on hard hats or something like that? And then the user would say yes or no. And then the story would play out from there. I'm sure you're familiar basically with all three of these methods of storytelling or incorporating a story into your e-learning. And then you might be thinking to yourself, Josh, this isn't just about e-learning. This is about voiceover. So what does this have to do with voiceover? Well, it has a lot to do with voiceover because as you create a story and as you start to build that, you have to start figuring out where does your voice fit? Who are the characters? How many voices am I going to need? How am I going to make sure that the voices, if I have multiple ones, actually sound like they're having a conversation, especially if maybe they were recorded at different times? Those are all elements that I've covered in previous episodes. But one thing I want to bring up is that your narration and your story needs to have an element of relatability and an element of realism in it. Because if your character isn't relatable, or if your narrator or your storyteller or your character's voice doesn't sound a lot like the learner, they're not going to be able to relate to that character. And we all know that when you can relate to characters better, you'll enjoy the story even more. And you'll hopefully remember more from it. As far as realism goes, we know when they picked the wrong actor for a part or we know when you're watching something and the acting is terrible. We've all seen the e-learning with live action actors and it's just poorly acted and contrived and no one seems really comfortable. And all that does is give your learner a reason to make fun of your e-learning and not a reason to continue to pay attention to what it is you're trying to get across. I would assume that that's one of the biggest mistakes in e-learning is distracting your learner from the learning by making a poor decision in how something is presented to them. Because if something is presented poorly, you're going to take away from the overall immersion, the overall experience, and the overall engagement. So make sure you go back and listen, especially to episode one, on how to connect better with your script and how to deliver a better performance and practice. Absolutely practice your performance. Practice. I think there's five or four pieces of homework in episode one that you can do to help you deliver a more engaging and more realistic performance for your e-learning program. That's all for this week. I know it wasn't exactly voiceover related, but I was kind of surprised when I had three different methods of storytelling used in three different projects that i worked on this week and i thought maybe we should talk a little bit about it plus i know that storytelling and e-learning is a big thing right now and it's something i'll probably revisit in the future and if you have any questions feel free to drop me a line you can head over to diynarrator.com or send me an email to host at diynarrator.com this has been episode lucky number 13 all about storytelling and e-learning for show notes, head over to diynarrator.com slash 013. And be sure to reach out on social media if you have any questions or you just want to say hi. Always excited to say hi. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.